Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. For the past several weeks, school districts across the country, mostly in suburbia, have had student walkouts over mask mandates. Now, why is it the media covering this? Well, they're busy telling you that this trucker strike is Trumpism gone global. That this is a white supremacist, white nationalist insurrection. If you don't believe me, that they are just clipping and pasting. The media doesn't know what to do with itself. Because on any other day, they love, they love when activists or protesters shut down streets. They love it. Shut down bridges, major thoroughfares. They had no problem whatsoever. Think about this for a second. No one in the media used the same type of language they're using now during Chaz and Chop. It's kind of like January 6th was an insurrection, but every other form of political violence that involved injured officers, dead officers, burning of police precincts, firebombing federal court buildings, armed assaults on ICE detention facilities, that was peaceful protest. That was peaceful protest. And if somebody got out of hand, it was a few agitators uh, and individuals, not the, not the protest as a whole. But they are reserving the most coarse and obtuse language for these truckers. And you know what they're not calling it? A labor protest. A working man's protest. You know, it wasn't that long ago that leftists on both sides of the border were saying, we should make your life miserable if you don't get a vaccine. <laughs> there are truckers blaring their horns. Oh, you mean you were ready to make millions of people miserable and put them out of work and put them on the street? and take away their pride and dignity? But you can't handle a truck horn at 2 o'clock in the morning? Oh, ooh. I think the young people are going to get something out of this. The media is not going to cover their walkouts because they're not walking out for George Floyd or Greta Thunberg or whatever. The media doesn't want to deal with these students who are sick and tired of being masked. They're just the children of the little people. They're just the future little people. I started it yesterday, and I want to drill down on it. Good government, bad government, no government. When I say no government, I don't mean anarchy. The, uh, if, you tr- put your tr- if we're looking at government action, let's say, no government action, and the choices between good government action, bad government action, no government action, Believe it or not, more often than not, C, A, B, and C, no government action. Because if you say, well, we need good government action. We need good government action. We need the government to tell us there's a vaccine and where to get it and when, how many doses, how far apart to stay from one another, to wear masks. You know, look at all the money that was invested in drilling plexiglass cubicles into school desks, reception areas, 
retail stores, coffee places. We need the government to tell us to do that. We need the government to tell us how far apart to stay, when to go outdoors, all this stuff. But what did we find out about that? We found out that it did nothing. Johns Hopkins, not exactly the Heritage Foundation, put out a study saying the lockdowns didn't save anyone, 0.2%. 0.2%. Instead of rational, now that's bad government action. You put your trust in government action. And you say, we want good government. But when you say that, there's always a risk you're going to get bad government action. If you say there should be no government action, you don't get good government action, but you don't get bad government action. See, there are people that believe that the government should solve every problem. Well, what's the government going to do? Well, let's look to government. Why do we look to government? What does, what does the coronavirus have to do with the rule of law but for the constitutional obligation of the federal government to deal with foreign affairs and potentially war? Where do you see an internal power here? When did we, the people, defer our freedom and liberty to the Center for Disease Control or the National Institute for Health? When did we do that? See, this is, this is where the ankle biters go silent. The critics go radio silent. Because I'll use the Socratic method on them. But when did this happen? Why did this happen? How did it happen? And I won't get a, I won't get a logical answer. When did the CDC get authority? When did the Department of Education get authority? Where did it come from? Where is it derived from? If, if all of these federal agencies have an unyielding authority over the citizenry, then why do we have a Congress? If the Department of Education can make a law that is treated as equivalent to the legislative branch making a law, passing a law, two chambers, president signs, challenging court, survives, now is the law. If we can bypass that with the CDC, what's the point of a Congress? This... This objection, the objection to this messiness of legislation comes from people who say our democracy. We didn't vote in Rochelle Walensky. We didn't vote in Anthony Fauci. We didn't vote in Deborah Burke. We didn't vote these people in. So one of the solutions to this is when Republicans take over the Congress and eventually take back power in the White House. There needs to be new laws that restrict the authority of these federal agencies to mere advisory. They should not have any power whatsoever. They weren't granted it by the Constitution. We didn't grant it to them through the amendment process. There needs to be a full investigation of Anthony Fauci and his associates. Now, it might not merit criminal charges, but we need to know what he knew and when and address the fact that he did lie under oath about gain-of-function research. Why were we, the people of the United States, funding that research in a Chinese bioweapons lab? And that's what it is. And anyone who says it isn't is lying to you. 
Does anybody believe that there's a firewall between the Chinese military and the Institute of Virology at Wuhan? Get the hell out of here. It's a bioweapons lab. Now they're not going to put that on the on the on the arc over the door frame. Welcome to welcome to the United States taxpayer funded Chinese Communist Party military's bioweapons lab, the Anthony Fauci wing. They're not going to do that. What they're going to do is research where they can concoct a virus that spreads fast and spreads quickly and can be used as a bioweapon. And we paid for it. But no good government, bad government, no government action. I think a lot of young people are starting to learn that the government doesn't have the answer. All it has is authority. And when it forces people to lock down, when it forces people out of work, when it forces people to give up the dignity of employment and business ownership, when it forces millions of kids to cover their faces while they're trying to learn how to socialize, they don't even think about the the negative consequences of their actions because they don't have to. They don't have to. They have authority. Now that this messiness has come back to haunt them, now they're like, well, we should have local control. It should have always been local control. It should always, always come down to the individual. Wine 695 Patriot 9572874. You know, the young people might not be walking into the arms of a traditional conservative movement. But they sure as hell are going to be open-minded to libertarianism. And that's good enough. You've seen what the government has done to your life. Did they get it right? No. They got it wrong. It doesn't matter, though. If you have highly paid people, who never suffer the consequences of their actions, their decision-making is going to be a whole hell of a lot different than yours. Does anyone care about the loss of dignity? Does anyone? The idea that you could look at another human being and go, work, welfare, what's the difference? We now have this anti-work movement. People got accustomed. Staying home. You know, when someone says, well, stay home and order Uber Eats. Well, what about that guy? He's got to go out and work. While you're staying at home and practicing, you know, good health, that guy's got to go out and interact with people. But we told millions of people, stay home. You know, take it easy. Be on vacation. There'll be trillions of dollars worth of free money to you. You know, it's funny, we're not cutting, they say we're cutting this stuff up, but we're cutting this stuff off, but we still have this labor shortage. Because a lot of people were just putting this money in the bank. We were giving money to people who already had money. And instead of buying shoes appropriate for work, they brought, bought shoes for leisure. And how do they get it? Probably Amazon. Now they don't want to come back to work. Now we've made, we have said to them, your dignity is no longer tied to employment. 
What do you care if you work? Work, welfare, what's the difference? But there are millions of people out there that had their pride stripped of them. They built businesses. They built careers. They worked for a living. But you know what? When you're a left-wing CNN anchor or a bureaucrat, you look at the guy who does a job in construction or sanitation or food service, and you go, well, what kind of pride can you have in that work? What kind of pride can you have right in the back of a garbage truck? Well, if it pays for a home and lets you raise a family and you're proud of having a home and a family, who the hell are you to question that guy's dignity and that guy's pride? Since when do we look at people who work for a living and go, well, what's the difference if they, I mean, come on, it's not like they're winning Pulitzers. They're not going to the Met Gala. So what if we made them give up? What are you, what are you running? A, 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 a coffee shop? Oh, pfft. we have Starbucks. Oh, you built a business of dry cleaners? Uh, now those people need dry cleaners to get their suits in order, but you, you see the point. They look at you and what gives you pride and dignity and purpose. And because they think it's inferior to their awards and their accolades and papers they may have written and pieces of legislation they may have passed or influenced, that what difference does it make if you had to give up your life? Your life wasn't so great after all. And they see these truckers. And they're disgusted by them. They're horrified by them. Again, they don't hate deliveries. They hate truckers. These people want their pipes fixed. They just don't like the plumber. Weinzick 695 Patriot 9572874. You want some proof of this? Do you have cut four ready to go? Do you have it? All right, play. play. Listen to this. This city is under siege. They are now calling it an occupation. Alarming situation there in Ottawa. The police chief is calling it a nationwide insurrection driven by madness. This is kind of our insurrection by air horn moment. I think it's part of the globalization of Trumpism. Canadians know where I stand. There hasn't been as much violence as some had perhaps projected, but that does not necessarily mean that it has been peaceful. Reports of severe vandalism and criminal behavior. Streets are clogged. The honking is incessant and deafening. This pandemic has sucked for all Canadians. Residents that I have spoken to who say they feel terrorized intimidated residents say they feel like hostages residents in that area say that they are being held hostage that this freedom has essentially this freedom convoy as they call it has essentially imposed a lockdown on them some protesters harassed a soup kitchen these anti-vaxxers actually took food from the mouths of uh, the homeless hung- hungry yeah because they were they're, they're, they're so put upon there have not been any violent outbursts however horns have been honking for 12 to 21 hours a night the small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing. Many of them are holding Confederate flags. I've heard there's QAnon supporters in the crowd. We've seen swastikas. We've seen the Confederate flag. We've seen uh, flags with Justin Trudeau, our prime minister, in a noose. Uh, Lots of Donald Trump flags as well. People chanting, let's go, Brandon. They saw a swastika. 
And that person was not saying, I'm a Nazi. They're saying, you're acting like one. So they, they have the most coarse and obtuse language for these truckers. But we had to understand the Chaz Chop Zone. We had to understand the George Floyd burn it all down protest. We had to understand it. We had to give it life. We had to give it oxygen. They, when we watched as Ferguson burned, the media told us these people had a point. Now a truck horn is rattling their little, their little souls. Wine 695 Patriot 9572874. We are right. They are wrong. That is the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Wilkow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.